time podcast uh, I'm sorry that this one's late again I don't know what's happening well I, I do know what's happening what's happened lately is I've had short weekends in comedy clubs and and or have not had shows so two weeks ago I did a pod or last week I did a podcast in the garage with Evan and the sound was terrible I'm out of breath. I had to walk up the stairs. Um, and the sound was terrible. And I'm sorry about that. I realized it was terrible after I'd done it. I tried to do some adjustments. But at that point, the podcast was already late coming out. And I was like, I don't know what to do. There's nothing I can do to fix this now. So I put it out. I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, uh, it was fun to do. I like doing podcasts with Evan, and I have some more that I've done with him, but now I'm realizing that the sound is an issue, so we may have to re-record all of them. So, what a big hassle. But it's fine. We like talking, and I feel like each time we do the podcast, the better it will get. So, last week I had a, uh, you know, two nights in Omaha, so there really was only one free day. I took some CBD, slept till noon, messed up my whole... my whole plan. Um, and then this weekend I did not have shows this weekend. I went to Alabama. I took my wife, Hannah and my daughter, Daisy down to Alabama and it was a lot of fun. I'd like to talk about it. And also I want to talk, I want to do a podcast about the Johns. And I don't know why I want to do this. I just thought it would be fun. Me and Hannah were sitting around one day talking. And for some reason, everybody that was coming up uh, kept being a John in my life. And I thought, well, who of all the Johns, what of all all my friends named John that I've had? Not Jonathan. I had to eliminate Jonathans from this because, honestly, that's a different name. I know that. You know, John is short for Jonathan a lot of times, but Jonathan is a different name than John. So as I was going through this list in my head of Johns, I just thought, well, that's pretty fun. So I'm going to talk about the Johns. But first, I want to talk about my trip to Alabama. Um, we left on Wednesday and we drove down. We stopped in Coleman, Alabama for a coffee. There's a there's a cool coffee shop in Coleman. I forget what it's called, but we always like to stop there. And as I was standing there, my friend, uh, Laura Quick, came out of her office, which I didn't realize her office was right there. And we ended up talking to her, and then we went up into uh, Premier Productions' office to talk to Shane Quick. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. So we're already getting out of town, running into people we know, having a good time. And then we get on down to Opelika. We go to Auburn, actually. I rented a house, an Airbnb house. Uh, and we walk in, and it smells like cigarettes. And my mom goes, smells like a hotel to me. So I know my mom's been partying in hotels, I guess, because she's been staying in hotels where you can smoke inside. And uh, we unload our stuff. 
and the reason that we did the house is because our last trip that we took with Daisy was when we went to Raleigh and it was a real nightmare. So we wanted, we needed at least a two bedroom place so that Daisy could have her own room separate from us. And, um, and that's what we did. And to be honest, it worked out great, but, um, so we got checked into the room and then we went to my mom's house and we hung out. We just wanted to unload the car. I don't know. I don't know the order of things. Actually, we went to my mom's house first and Hannah had said that she wanted to get a hamburger. Uh, and we don't really do fast food. I try to avoid it. I'll do a little Chick-fil-A sometimes. I'll do a little something here and there in a bind if I'm real hungry, but I always regret it. So I try to avoid fast food. Now, uh, with that in mind, I'll hit up a Zaxby's, a Chick-fil-A, um, you know, there's some spots I'll hit up, but I don't really do the classics anymore, like a Burger King or a McDonald's or a Hardee's. I'll do a Hardee's for breakfast, but I've completely abandoned McDonald's. I will not eat it. I refuse to eat it. If I'm forced to, I'll get a hash brown, uh, but that's it. I think it's disgusting. I'm shocked that anybody eats it. I know that it's cheap, but it's just not worth it. It's not food. Don't do that to yourself. It doesn't even taste that good. Take uh, a month off. If you eat a lot of McDonald's and you think it tastes really great, take a month off of not eating it and then go back to McDonald's and eat it and tell me if you still think it tastes great. I think it's disgusting. Uh, Burger King... Uh, I used to eat at Burger King a lot. There's a Burger King on 2nd Avenue in Opelika that I used to go to all the time. That was a hot spot. It's a bit of a hangout. Um, and I loved Burger King, but I will not eat there now, uh, especially since they're all pushing these Beyond Meat burgers, which is also disgusting. I may use that word a lot because I'm about to be talking about fast food. That's why I'm getting into this. Um but I, I, Beyond Meat, when I went to LA one time, when Beyond Meat, I feel like Beyond Meat was just coming out. I was trying to eat healthier and I saw this, uh, a vegetarian burger. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I've had bean burgers. I like them. I like a lentil burger. I like a black bean burger. I got nothing against those. So uh, I was like, oh, Beyond Meat, that's a veggie burger. Let's try that. It was me and Evan, matter of fact, and I got that Beyond Meat burger, and it did taste like meat, and I'm like, wow, well, what vegetables did they combine to make something taste like meat, and I thought that was disgusting, and I said, I won't eat that anymore, and I don't know what that is, but they're pushing that on us. Bill Gates is talking about we all should be eating uh, synthetic beef and, and, and I just, I think that's crazy. I think it is really crazy and I will not be eating it anymore. So, uh, and then Hardee's, uh, I grew up right down the street from a Hardee's. There's a Hardee's that if you're familiar with Opelika used to be down by where Ampex used to be or Quantigy or DP, any of those places, uh, Southview primary, is all down there, and that's where I grew up. 
And there was a Hardee's down there, and we used to hit that place up like it was the only restaurant existed. It was like, this is, was it Time Cop Demolition Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, with uh, Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes where and Sandra Bullock where Taco Bell is the only restaurant left. We treated Hardee's like that. I mean, Hardee's was serving chicken back then and monster burgers and... And then when I was living in Charleston, drinking a lot, I used to stop and get the loaded omelet biscuit all the time. I think I invented the loaded omelet biscuit with gravy. I mean, I don't know. I I guess they didn't know that I was doing it. But I would get a loaded omelet biscuit. This was when I had gained a lot of weight. And I was an alcoholic. I would stop there in the morning all hungover. And I would get a loaded omelet biscuit with hash browns. And then I would get a biscuit and gravy on the side. And I would eat the biscuit and gravy first, and then whatever gravy I had left over, I would put on top of the loaded omelet biscuit, and then I would eat that in the car, and then I would wonder why I needed a nap. I'd follow that up with a cigarette and a coffee that was too hard to get down because I was too hungover and dehydrated. And But that was a life I was living. And then I'd go to Moe's for lunch and think I was doing healthy. I'm like, no, this is a burrito. This is healthy. That's the kind of lies I would say to myself. I still love a burrito. Um, but I just don't eat though at those places anymore. I used to like a crystal burger. I don't eat it crystal. But there is a new crave that seems to be sweeping through the South. And it, it I mean, uh, there was a, uh, a post on, on, on the, the neighborhood that I live in, this area of town I live in in Nashville, they have a, um, you know, a Facebook page where they talk about it. And this lady was talking about this burger restaurant coming to town. And she goes, when is it coming? They say they're coming in fall. Well, it's fall, y'all. And I couldn't get over that. I thought that that was so funny. Like they were desperate for this restaurant to come. I know a comedian in town who made it, I mean, it felt like he made it his, his life goal to get this restaurant to come to Nashville. He really pushed for it, and that, that goal was accomplished. And that restaurant is Whataburger. And I had not eaten there. There's one right up the street from my house. I had not eaten there. There seems to be two drive through lanes, and they're always full, and I just am like, nah, I'm not, it just seems like fast food to me, just another fast food place, so I'm not really interested. And, um, and then, so, um, ah, jeez, I just started thinking about Whataburger and lost my train of thought. Um, but I just had not gone. And so I show up at Opelika. Hannah's been wanting to get a burger. And then my mom goes, what about Whataburger? We just got a new Whataburger in town. And every instinct in me said, nah, don't do that. Don't do Whataburger. Everything in my body said, don't do Whataburger. But there was another part of me that was like, well, I haven't tried it yet. I might as well try Whataburger. I mean, it seems to be something everybody loves. This seems to be some incredible burger. So I go with my mom, with my mom's uh, step-great-grandson, with my wife, with my daughter, um, and I went to a Whataburger in Opelika, 
And, uh, and then my niece comes and, um, and then, you know, we all eat, we all get burgers, except my niece, she gets a chicken sandwich and, uh, we sat down to eat and, um, the girl brings over our food. Now there seems to be a manager's meeting happening right to the left of us as we're sitting there. All the managers seem to be there. And this young girl comes over and she brings us our food and she goes, y'all need anything else? And I was like, no, I don't think so. And then my wife goes, oh, we need some ketchup. And I was like, uh, and then the girl looks at me and she goes, she said, y'all need ketchup. You said you didn't need anything. I was like, well, yeah, I guess we'll take a little ketchup. And then she brings over the ketchup. And then I go, oh, also we had some apple slices on here because we ordered some apple slices for Daisy. Because there seems to be this weird thing going on with me right now where I don't want my daughter to eat crap food, but I'm eating it. I'm eating the food that I'm trying to protect my daughter from. I don't know what that is. I don't know why that's not registering with me that I'm like, if I don't want her to eat it, maybe I shouldn't be eating it. Uh, but I feel like that it's like, no, I'm responsible for destroying my own body, but she doesn't have a choice. So I got to protect her. So the girl brings over the apple slices and the ketchup and she goes, she goes, uh, so we good, <laughs> right? <laughs> she wasn't like, can I get you anything else? She was like, so we good, y'all good? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we're good. And so then we start to get into the burger. And I take my first bite of this and I go, well, this is disgusting. I'm going to be sick. But I ate most of it. And I felt terrible. I was like, this is disgusting. And that night, all that rest of the day, I felt gross. That night. I, I had a cigar and, uh, you know, but all in all, I was like, okay, I'm starting to feel better. The next day we go to my mom. My mom told me she got real sick, had diarrhea. Uh, and then, um, and then we, we proceed throughout the day to eat, you know, like crap. I eat a cinnamon roll, have some coffee. And then we go to Jim Bob's chicken fingers, which is my favorite place to go when I'm in Opelika. And, um, it's so great. It's, it's Zaxby's before Zaxby's was Zaxby's. And, um, I, uh, I loved it. And then I went and had a Passover meal with my sister and her, you know, what they call their Friday night group. And uh, we had a whole Passover Seder. And it was really great. We got to celebrate Passover as a group. A lot of fun. Next morning. Now, so I don't know how long food poisoning takes. So everybody has an idea. I don't think anyone knows. And apparently there can also be varying degrees of food poisoning. But either way, I have Whataburger on a Wednesday, and on Friday, I wake up with my stomach hurting, and then my entire day is filled with bathroom trip after bathroom trip after bathroom trip. Overall, I'm okay. I'm still hanging with people, still having a good time, but it's just like, and I'm also a little triggered because I had you know, my appendix ruptured and that's, you know, uh, over a year ago and that stomach pain was very similar to what I was having. So it was making me very paranoid and, but all in all having a good time. And then that night I threw up like 
I haven't thrown up in years. Uh, and it was a lot. And I was like, oh, man. So I don't know what it was. It could have been some badly cooked lamb at the Passover. I'm not going to blame Jim Bob's. I don't care if it was Jim Bob's. I'll be eating there again. But I, I and I don't know that I can blame Whataburger, but I just can't see myself going back there again. Uh, if the bur- like it's like this. Lamb is delicious. So I'll have some again. I don't eat a lot of that, but I will have some again. Uh, Jim Bob's is delicious. Even if I knew that Jim Bob's was directly responsible for my stomach problems, I would still eat there because I've eaten there a million times, and this would have been the first sickness. But I had Whataburger one time. It wasn't that good, and then I got sick. I can't do it again. I don't quite understand what people love about Whataburger. Are people just duped by the marketing? I I just can't understand it. I honestly, all that I said about McDonald's, I think McDonald's does a better burger. I think Burger King does a better job. Hardee's does a better job. Hell, Crystal's tastes better. The meat's probably the same. Even my nephew, my step-great-nephew, who is the pickiest eater I've ever seen, but will eat crap, you know, like we made him a lot of vegetables when he was here, and we would have to force him to eat it. But we made pancakes one day, and it's like uh, he had never seen food before. He tore it up. Uh, he wouldn't even eat the burger. He would not. He, he took the bun off and goes, I'm not eating this. So I think he, my neighbor's son told me he didn't like it. He said they went to Whataburger. His son was like, I don't like this. Let's go to Sonic. So I don't know who Whataburger thinks they are coming into the south with these weak-ass burgers, but... You need to check yourself, Whataburger. Check yourself. And and then the managers sitting over next to us never once ask how our meal was. Now, maybe they knew. Maybe they're like, that's a silly question, and we're not even going to ask that. But um, um, I, I, I don't know. I just I don't understand why you wouldn't ask. Why, why you see patrons, a big table of people eating in your restaurant, why you don't go, Hey, guys, I uh, just wanted to check, make sure everything's all right. You, uh, you need any ketchup? You need uh, any polite service? You need uh, a vomit bag? Anybody nauseous? You know, anything like that. However, Jim Bob's was delicious, and I also went back to the Penton Grill. Now, if you're from Penton, P-E-N-T-O-N, it's called Penton. But I, you know, and I am from there. My family's from there, but I grew up in Opelika. And I always just kind of pronounce it Penton, but it's Penton. So, but I went to the Penton Grill on uh, Saturday. This is funny. I called my dad, and uh, on my way up there, I said, hey, we were going to come earlier, but I got real sick yesterday, and uh, so we got a late start. But we're on the way up. I said I was pooping all day yesterday and throwing up, uh, and he goes, he goes, y'all feel like eating out? <laughs> and uh, so we went up to the Pen and Grill, and uh, I didn't know what to get. Now, the patty melt that I had at the Pen and Grill, I've already talked about on the podcast a while back. 
It was one of the most delicious patty melts I've ever had. I thought it was a really good patty melt, but I didn't want to order that. That's a little heavy, and plus I'm doing from Friday to Friday uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread where you don't eat any bread with leaven in it. You don't eat anything with leaven. You only eat unleavened bread. So I'm not, I can't do sandwiches until Friday. And so we ordered and I thought, man, I'm going to order this and everybody in this place is going to make fun of me. But I ordered a grilled chicken salad. Hannah got that and my stepmom also got that. And I forget what my dad got, but it wasn't too bad. None of us did too bad. And the grilled chicken salad, and I thought, this is not going to be good. I thought the Penn and Grill specializes in burgers and fried stuff. But that chicken was so delicious, and that salad was so great. If you're passing through Highway 77 from Roanoke to Lafette, stop there at the Penn and Grill if they're open because they, get, they keep weird hours. But go ahead, stop in there. Tell them Dusty Slay sent you and uh, order yourself a patty melt and some hot wings. Actually, I can't vouch for the hot wings. I've never eaten them there. Um, so that's where I've been. And I had a great time. I, I visited. My sister lives in Goodwater, Alabama. My dad's up in Pennon. Uh, I saw my cousin, Kelly, at the downtown Lafette. Now, as we were passing through, downtown Lafette now has a coffee shop. So we pulled in there. My cousin Kelly and her daughter came out. Her daughter is my cousin too, I guess. And uh, talked to them for a bit. Um, we named Daisy after Kelly's grandmother. Uh, and then, uh, let's see, what did I do? And then I, uh, oh, I spent time in Auburn and in Opelika. So it was a lot of fun. Just a good trip. Good, solid trip. Daisy did great. Got to see all my family. It was a blast. Where am I going? This weekend, I'm going to the Grove in Lowell, Arkansas. I'll be spending four nights there at the Grove. Thursday night, I'll be doing a show, a bit more of a private show at the Grove. But I think that uh, that may be the only one of the shows that's not sold out. So if you want to see me in Lowell, Arkansas, go ahead and go to that Thursday show. The website's uh, a bit confusing. I've had a little confusion uh, here and there with it. But um, go ahead. Uh, there's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday shows. And just call. If there's any confusion, just call the club. Um, and I'll be there. It's going to be great. So I'll try and have a podcast back out on Monday on time like usual because I'll have some time to spend in the cabin uh, able to do my own thing there and record a podcast. Um, that's really all I have as it pertains to that. But I thought what I would do, I'm going to do the Johns thing. And I don't know if this will be fun or not, but I, I think the fun of this will be that I'm not going to tell any last names unless I accidentally slip up. But I'm just going to say, uh, I'm going to start with the, you know, the earliest John that I, uh, have memories with that I can, I can think about. I can't think about really a John that I had any relationship with prior to this person. Maybe some old person that was friends with my family, but, you know, I had a cousin named Jonathan, a stepbrother named Jonathan, but again, those are Jonathans. So in this, Jonathans don't count. 
So the first John I remember, we went to school together. I remember him in middle school. I think that's when he moved down, was in middle school. He moved down from Wisconsin, was a bit of a wild guy, played all the sports, pretty athletic, pretty tough. Uh, And we became friends, I think, when I was 15 and he was 16. He used to drive me around all the time. He was the only one with a car. We had nowhere to go, so it wasn't like he was driving me anywhere, but he would drive me. And me and this John were on a quest to get drunk, right? We had never, neither of us had ever gotten drunk before, and we really wanted to experience it. I had had a beer here and there, uh, but I never liked the taste of beer, Uh, so... It wasn't something that I was really like. I wasn't like, oh, yeah, let's have a beer. Like, I would be hanging out with my stepbrothers, and they would give me a beer, and I would be like, oh, yeah, this is really good. Mm." Uh, All the while not liking it. But me and John were on a quest to get drunk together, and I don't know if John was there the first night I got drunk, but I was definitely there the first night John got drunk because he did it at my house. We ordered a, uh, we had a bunch of friends over and we got, um, this is at my mom's house. We're all about 16, 17. Um, and we ordered, uh, well, we ordered, we, we, you know, had someone go get us a bottle of Everclear and some type of peppermint schnapps type liquor. And we were just doing shots. Now, John was an athlete. He was on the baseball team. He was just, uh, you know, and he nobody wanted to fight John. And he was just throwing it back. He was just throwing shots back. And he's like, I'm not even feeling anything. He's like, I don't, I don't get it. He goes, I guess I'm just a pro. And then all of a sudden it hits him and he's freaking out in a way. He's chasing us around. But all in all, we're having a lot of fun. Stuff's getting broken in my mom's house, but we're having a lot of fun. And then one guy, apparently on the baseball team, they told them, the coach told them that if he found out they were out there drinking, that he would kick them off the baseball team. So uh, one of my other friends, RJ was his name, told John that he was going to tell the coach that John was drinking and John started crying on the front porch. Now, John's not a crier, but he had, he was pretty drunk and emotions run high when you drink. And, um, and then me and John, uh, continue to be friends. We're still friends. I mean, he's married and has a family and lives in a different town than me, but, and I don't talk to him much, but you know, we're still friends. But as we got older, me and John, when I, when I got arrested after I failed to get into the army, I got arrested and couldn't get into the army. I don't know the timeline exactly, but I, I bought the trailer that I, that I grew up in that I would eventually, you know, live in for the next couple of years. Um, and John wanted to, so I got arrested, I think. And then John said, Hey, don't you have a trailer? He's like, why don't we move into that? And so I was like, okay, great. Let's do it. So, I had been arrested, but not yet gone to court. So we got to fixing it up. I mean, John helped me install all these new cabinets. John did a lot of really great work in that house to get it ready to live in. And then we moved in 
And immediately, you know, his girlfriend's coming over and I'm, you know, hanging out with all my weed buddies and they're all over there and we're all smoking weed in the back room and his girlfriend gave me a cat and we started getting the cat high and then she took the cat and um, took the cat back for me, said we were abusing it. And maybe we were. I never needed a cat. Um, and then um, and then I went to court and I went to court and I lost my license and John moved out. And I think that was probably a good move on John's part uh, because uh, he knew that he was going to be driving me around. Oh, once again, <laughs> that'd be funny. Uh, we're back to 15, 16 year old John. So that's that John. There was another John in between the time that I was hanging out with John that drove me around to moving in with him. There was another John I started hanging out with when I was 17, 18. I remember him and a guy named Brandon were going around cutting everybody's lawn. They were doing a whole lawn care thing. And my mom asked me to cut the grass at her house and I didn't want to. So I called these guys and they came over and cut the grass for probably a little money and uh, some wheat. And so they came over and cut it. And then me and this John got to hanging out and me and this John became best buds. I mean, we did some really wild stuff together. I mean, this, my wife always wants to hear about stories of me and this guy. And I, I th he pops up on Facebook every once in a while. And I, I try to communicate with him, but we were best friends for two or three years. Uh, I mean, he'd go to jail and then get back out and then we'd hang out again. And I got a bunch of wild pictures of us hanging out, and we had such a good time. But he had me doing all kinds of things. He never had a car. I was always driving him around. And we just, uh, we had lots of adventures. Um, I don't know that I can really get into all of them, but he's the kind of guy, and I never knew if John could fight, but he had a real reputation of being a guy that could fight. And I watched John, uh, we went to a party one time at Auburn and we were just out of high school and this was, you know, on a college campus and John has this stick that he's carrying around and we're just walking around campus at a party. And I remember this guy coming up to John going, what are you doing with that stick? John goes, you want me to hit you with it? <laughs> and it was so great. Uh, John was such a fun dude. Um, one time he was on the, I don't know exactly, but he was on the run from someone. And he asked me would I drive him to Montgomery. And we had, uh, I think I've talked, well, I know I've talked about this guy. We had a homeless guy living with us. And so I was like, yeah, I'll take you there. And then, you know, and we'll also take, uh, Ryan or Chuck, as we called him, I said, we'll also take him there and just leave him with you. And, uh, that's what we did. We took him to Montgomery to his brother-in-law's house. And you could, you could see by the f expression on his brother-in-law's face that he was not expecting John to show up there. John told us that, Oh no, my brother-in-law take me in. And, uh, and, but uh, you could see that that was not the brother-in-law's plan. And I, and I think the brother-in-law probably eventually turned him in. And I never saw Chuck again. But you know what? I did look up Chuck on Facebook the other day, and I found him. And he's living down in Panama City Beach. 
and does not look good. I want to contact him. and I, He looks fine, but he looks like he's into some stuff. I wanted to contact him, but I'm also like, ah, I don't know. I don't need to open that can of worms, you know. Uh, and then another time, me and John and Brandon, we all took a ride down to Montgomery. And I don't remember if it was a friend that John knew or a friend that Brandon knew. And they said that this guy, I don't know why we were going down there. We were probably just looking for a little bit of an adventure. Um, and... Uh, they said, well, let's go to his house. He'll have some liquor, stuff like that we can drink. And we showed up at the house, and the guy wasn't there. And they ended up getting into the house through the window, going into the freezer and getting out a bottle of vodka. And we took big gulp cups and poured about half orange juice, half vodka, and just drank those cups all the way back home. And I never been so sick. I, it was almost Whataburger level sick, how sick I was off those stolen vodka OJs we had. Another time, me and John and Brandon went to a Hank Williams Jr. concert down in uh, Columbus, Georgia. And John pulls out a joint, middle of the arena. And I had never done anything like that. I was like, this is amazing. A lot of fun. A lot of these John stories will involve this, and I don't know if this is good. I don't know if this is interesting to anyone, but I, I know that I enjoyed thinking about and reminiscing about these things. Um, I remember John got, I got out, uh, he got out of jail, came to visit me at the office depot where I was working, and then we went back to the trailer where the other John no longer lived with me, and we partied the rest of the day. We got uh, about, a, I don't know, probably an 18-pack of Budweiser. We got uh, a bottle of Jack Daniels. And we just sat there and we drank. And we went out in the backyard, me and him and another guy, Brent. The grass was, it was the summertime, and the grass was so tall it was up to our knees. And we just stood out there in shorts, probably no shoes, sh taking turns shooting each other with a BB gun, laughing. We, we come out of the grass, and we our legs are all eaten up from whatever was in the grass. Uh, and it was a blast. So, you know, I'm living this way. And then shortly after that, I moved to Charleston, South Carolina. So it was a bit of an adjustment for me. That's why I was getting kicked out of a lot of bars. I didn't even know what I was doing. So my next John friend was also a high school friend. And he, and I've talked, I've told some stories about him before in the past, um, basically the same stories, but he was living, uh, he was a high school friend, but this was just after high school. And I was having a lot of parties at my house and people would be smoking a lot of weed there and everybody was doing blunts and joints. That was what everybody was up to back then. So oftentimes I could walk around the house in the morning and just kind of gather the roaches and take what was left of those and roll that up. And I would just be looking for somebody to smoke that with me. And I was riding around. And I went by my friend Joey's house. And I saw John sitting outside. John was living in the basement. And I was friends with John in high school, but not real close. Uh, but we had we'd become a bit closer after high school. And apparently he had just gone through a breakup. And was very sad all the time. 
And so I stopped over there and I was like, hey, do you want to smoke this with me? And he said, yes. So we sat out there in the morning and smoked that thing. And then we went into his apartment. He had a guitar and we sang the Mark Chestnut song, I Don't Know How I'll Get Her Off My Mind. Uh, we sang that together, two men in an apartment. I wasn't even sad, but I was like, I like this song. I'll sing that with you. And, um, and that's what we did. I got another story about John, but I want to play a little bit of this Mark Chestnut song. Oh, I can't believe that's not, um, I can't believe that's not one of his best. Oh, here we go. Oh, it's called I'll Think of Something. Such a great song. I don't know how I'll get her off my mind, but give me time. And I'll think of something I can't say today that I'm alright But by tonight I'll think of something I'll find so many things to do that I won't have the time to think of her And then if she's still on my mind I'll try to drink enough to drown her And if that don't work I'll think of something So yeah, so John played that on the guitar and uh and then two men high off blunt roach weed uh sang that song and uh and it was a great time and as time went on i became you know more and more friends with john and i remember i had moved i moved to charleston and then i was back visiting one time and john came and picked me up and he said I i'll drive us to the bar but you just got to get a ride home and i was like cool i asked my brother-in-law he's like yeah i'll come pick you up no problem so john is already drinking we get in the car and i see a bunch of beer cans in the back of john's truck and and then i was like wow that's a lot of beer cans and then as we're driving down the road john finishes a beer and throws it out the window but in such a way that the wind catches it and throws it into the back of the truck. I've never seen this before in my life, but that's when I realized, wow, John's been drinking a lot because all those beers are probably from him driving down the road. So we go to the bar, we drink all night, we're partying. John says, I'll give you a ride back. Don't worry about your brother-in-law. So I text my brother-in-law, hey, I don't need a ride, but my my phone keeps saying, this is before smartphones, but it keeps saying, you know, text not sent, text not sent. So I send it about 40 times. And then finally, my brother-in-law brother goes, okay, no problem. And then John takes me home. Uh, I'm talking to my brother-in-law the next day. And he goes, he's like, yeah, you sent me that text about 40 times. I figured I'd finally respond and say, okay. And it's like, okay, well, how about just respond the first time? And then I don't have to keep texting you a million times. He, he waited 40 times before he texted. Okay, no problem. But the next day, I'm hanging out with some other friends. And we're all planning 
they're all friends with John too, but we're all planning what we're going to do. We're planning who's going to drive, who's going to do this, who's going to do that. We're all about to go party and we're already drinking. And I'm like, you know, I'll drive. I don't care. Uh, cause I used to drink and drive all the time. I would drink and drive like it was my job. Uh, and I did not care. Um, and so we get a text and it says, Hey, did you guys hear that John had a wreck last night? And I was like, Oh no. And then they showed me a picture of his truck and it was turned over on its side. And all those beer cans have spilled out into the road. And then like a wave of emotions hit me in a way that was like, Oh no, if I had not made John drive me back to my house, then he wouldn't have had a wreck. Now he's had a wreck drinking and driving, and now I'm about to go out and drink and drive. I was like, what am I doing with myself? I'm like, I can't drink and drive. And that's what's going on in my head. I mean, I'm rethinking my whole life. I'm filled with regret and guilt and shame. And then they go, oh, no, John didn't wreck last night. He wrecked this morning. He was totally sober. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, no, I'll drive. No, I still will drive. Yeah, everything's fine now. I have no regret. Um, and that's how that goes. And then another John that I used to work with at Office Depot. This guy was an older man. He had suspenders. And he had come back to Office Depot about the time I was being hired on. And he was considered kind of the seniority guy, and he had just had a heart attack, seniority stalker, just had a heart attack, had a lot of spots on his arm where, like, sores that wouldn't heal. I mean, I think that sort of stuff happens to people as you age, so I'm not making fun of him for that, but I'm just describing what he looked like. Missing teeth, suspenders, hair pretty greasy, a bit overweight, and also a bit of a know-it-all guy. He said that he used to be a drummer for a big band and swing band and told me that we in a conversation about uh, the Beatles one time, he told me that he could drum circles around Ringo Starr. And I don't know who's a good drummer and who's not a good drummer. People say, oh, this guy's an amazing drummer. And to me, they're all good. I don't know a bad drummer from a good one. I mean, I know the difference in someone who can't play the drums versus someone that can, but I don't know who's good. I mean, Travis Barker did the drums, the Superman song, and I thought that was the greatest drums I had ever seen. I see somebody hit a drum solo, and if I'm at a bar, I'm like, that's pretty amazing. But I don't know good drumming from not good drumming. And John had had a heart attack and was not smoking cigarettes for a while and then slowly started to ease back into cigarettes. And he also lived at a motel. I think it was the Golden Cherry Motel, which is pretty famous in Opelika. The movie Norma Ray was filmed in Opelika with Sally Fields. And she had a sex scene in the Golden Cherry Motel. And uh, it's been around a long time. You can rent it hourly. I knew a girl there that was renting it hourly to do drugs in. As far as I know, she wasn't doing sexual things, but she was doing drugs in there. I've been to the Golden Cherry Motel for about 30 minutes one time. Uh, and that's all I wanted to go there. But I think John was living there. And I think he was gone from Office Depot by the time... 
I left, but it's hard to say. But that's another John. That's the Opelika Johns. There are more. But these are the ones that I could think of at the moment that had the biggest impact on me. But then we move to the Charleston Johns. Uh, there was uh, the, uh, a very pivotal John in my life was when I started doing improv. There was a guy named John that I met, and John encouraged me and helped me write jokes to do stand-up comedy for the very first time. And then in 2008, this was about 2004, and in 2008, after a long stint of not doing stand-up comedy, he encouraged me to do stand-up comedy again. And it's from that point on that I continued to do it. This John was sitting with me at a table in the upper deck when uh, I said to him, I said, what we need is an open mic weekly that we can just go up and do comedy. This was a revolutionary thing at the time to us. I mean, these things exist in about every city now, but at Char- in Charleston at the time, it did not exist that I knew about. And I was talking to John, and the um, owner of the bar happened to be sitting right next to me, and he said, how about here every Monday? So I started to host an open mic there every Monday, where another John would come and sometimes play guitar there. But we would, it was mostly all comedy. And um, that John encouraged me also to move to New York City for one month. He said, how about you move there for one month and, you know, just try to do comedy every day and just see how good you can get in a month. And I ended up doing that. And while I was there, uh, at the very beginning of that month was his last week uh, doing a, uh, a one-man show that he had on Off-Broadway. And I don't really know on-Broadway, off-Broadway. I don't really know all the terms, but I know that it seemed like a big deal that my friend had a one-man show in New York City. It was a big deal. And now he runs a theater in Savannah, Georgia, as far as I know. Another John... He did uh, the second improv class with me. He also helped me write a lot of jokes, and we remain friends to this day. Uh, Actually, I'm friends with all of these people, except for John from Office Depot. I don't know where he's at. Um, But this other John helped me write a lot of jokes. We kind of got into the comedy game at the same time. We were about the same age. Uh, We had the same chip on our shoulder about a lot of things for a long time, thinking that we didn't fit in in the improv world, and maybe we didn't. I had more fun doing improv than he did, but maybe neither of us really fit in in that world, but uh, we, you know, we had a lot of fun, and um, me and John were hanging out one time at at a, a bar on the beach, and there was this really, like, old woman there, <laughs> like, attractive, like, seemed like a wealthy, attractive old woman. And I, just a regular kiss, I kissed this old woman. The old woman actually kissed me, but it was like, I mean, we were pretty drunk, and she was old. And I was like, wow, that was weird. But we were also like, that's pretty fun, you know, because it's like, I don't know. 
that's a weird story I probably shouldn't share, but I was just thinking of that right now. We were out on the beach on Folly Beach. <laughs> that's so funny. But um, me and John hung out a lot, and um, we did a lot of shows together in that time period before I actually say I started comedy, which is a weird thing, but we did, you know, a handful of shows, 10 at the most. We would do them. We did shows with a guy named Maccabee Jones and shows with a guy named Johnny Rock and just all of these random type uh, weird shows. And, um, you know, all in all, I think it helped us. I'd like to pull out some of those videos. I have a few videos from that time uh, that I think would be worth sharing. There was another John in the improv world that was a good friend of mine. Uh, I don't know that we had a lot of shared experiences, probably not even worth bringing up. Um, there was a John that I worked with at Hyman's, um, and me and him almost got into a fight one time. He was a, uh, a real senior waiter at Hyman's, and I was a newbie, and um, we almost got into a fight, uh, but we ended up being friends. Uh, oh, and then let's do this. And I know some a lot of John comics. There's a lot of John comics. I wrote down 13 Johns, but I'm like, do I really have stories for all those Johns? And to be honest with you, I don't. Um, uh, but, um, but there is another John. When I moved to uh, Riverland Woods in, in, on James Island in Charleston, this, uh, it was a big apartment complex and it had, you know, kind of, it was three floors and it had, you know, uh, you know, the stairwells on either side. And then it was like a breezeway. The hallway was like a breezeway, you know, it was roofed and enclosed and the doors were on the inside, but it was still open air, if that makes sense. So on the ends on the third floor was really like a hangout. It was a little patio area. It wasn't intended that way. But, you know, it's just where the stairwell no longer went up. So there was a little patio there. And we'd usually have some chairs. Um, and I was sitting out there one day playing some Neil Young, uh, probably Cowgirl in the Sand down by the river, a couple of my favorite jams by Neil Young. And this guy, John, showed up from Boston. He showed up to move into his apartment. And I'm out there jamming, drinking, partying, having a good time with some other people. And this guy, who apparently is a, was a recovering alcoholic, moving down uh, because he, he had separated from his family and I think trying to get his life together. And he walks right up there and sees me. And he this guy ended up, Neil Young was like his favorite band. He had a speedboat that I went out on one time. And he named the speedboat Crazy Horse after Neil Young and Crazy Horse. So the guy loved Neil Young. So he, he's an alcoholic trying to recover. And he pulls up to this apartment complex. And there I am jamming, drinking, partying, saying hey to this guy. Being, and, and me and this guy ended up becoming pretty good friends. I mean, even though I was 25 and he was in his 50s. Uh, you know, he was a cool guy. He was in a band. He was a bit of a rocker. And we ended up partying quite a bit. But, um, 
you know, uh, when your relationship is based off of drinking, it can sour. And I was soured. We ended up doing a radio station together, me and this guy. Or not a radio station, a radio show on the college radio station because he was taking some classes at the College of Charleston. And he got into the radio program and he wanted me to do the radio with him. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I'll do the show with you. But he actually wanted to just sit in there and play songs. I wanted to talk. I mean, I was like, at this time, at this point in time, podcasts weren't really a thing. So doing, even if it was college internet radio was pretty interesting. And I was like, I want to talk. I want to tell jokes. I want my friends to call in. I want my friends to be listening. And he just wanted to play tunes. He was really trying to DJ. And I was like, listen, nobody's listening to this crap, but my friends. And I had a girl listening one time and she wanted, she was like, play a song for me. And I wanted to play something cool. And John was like, play one. of." He was like, I got a song for you. And I was like, all right. And he played one of his songs. And I thought, you know, at the time, I thought, well, that was pretty cool. And I was trying to go out with this girl. The date never happened. And then I listened to the song not too long ago. And I was like, geez, well, that's why. What an intense song. I feel like the song was talking about love and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, no, I don't love her. I mean, I like her all right. I'm trying to get to know her. And I feel like John ruined that for the best. It's for the best. But um, he told me that he didn't want me to drink in the radio station anymore. He was like, well, if we're going to do this, let's not drink. And that's when I was out. I was like, you know what? I'm only doing this because I can drink and party here. So if, if, if that can't happen, then I'm out. So that's it. That's all the Johns. That's the John episode. That's the John episode I've been wanting to do for several weeks now. I don't know if that's fun, but I had a lot of fun thinking about it, talking about it, and, um, and you know, I, um, I did celebrate Passover, and we are in the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Uh, I don't know if you celebrate that or not, but it's something to think about for, you know, the days ahead. I mean, me and Evan went into a pretty in-depth, uh, well, I thought pretty in-depth, uh, Passover thing, uh, if you managed to make it through that bad audio podcast that I did. But basically, you know, I feel like on the 14th of April, uh, as commanded in the Bible, we, um, you know, we uh, eat unleavened bread, we eat lamb roasted with fire, we uh, eat bitter herbs, which what I always do is like parsley or, or just some kind of lettuce with horseradish, and then you drink wine or grape juice, uh, and that's the command. And then for the next day, is considered a Sabbath day. And then from that day to seven days later, which on the another seven days is another Sabbath where you don't, and you don't eat bread with leaven in it throughout that week. Um, and then, and that's it. And I've done that every year since about 2013, probably. Uh, I've done it in hotels. I've done it uh, with, you know, I did it actually the last time, one, two or three years ago when I was at the Grove, me and a comic named Dan Whitehurst. Dan was like, well, yeah, I'll do it with you. And we, uh, we cooked up some stuff. We did it there. And, um, and I, you know, and I, I just find that, 
people make it seem so hard and act like we shouldn't be doing it. And they're like, oh, and the Jewish people are supposed to do that. And it's like, well, the Bible says that, you know, we all should do it. And um, it says, you know, God's people. And the Bible says in the New Testament that we are grafted into that tree. Um, and uh, I think it's easy. And I think it's fun. And that's what I do. Uh, that is my, in a sense, Easter celebration. I don't do... Uh, it's on the same weekend, basically, but I don't do Easter bunny, eggs. I don't do those things. None of those things have ever made sense to me for Jesus. Um, and then when you actually read about it, you learn why it doesn't make sense because it has nothing to do with Jesus. And you can say that you Christianize them, but the, the Bible actually says to not do that. So I don't get into that. I'm not condemning people that do, but I'm just telling you that I don't get into that. And I do Passover, and I think that Passover is uh, really fun. And I think that, you know, a lot of times it could be hard because you don't know other people that do it, so you feel weird doing a thing that nobody else is doing. But I, I enjoy it a lot. And so that's what I did. Uh, I'm still on the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which I also think just in general is just a great break break from bread because the first couple of days you do this, you realize how much bread you're actually eating. Or maybe it's just me personally where I'll go, oh, I'll go get that. And I'll go, oh no, that's bread. And then I'll go, well, I'll eat this. And I'm like, well, dang, that's bread too. You realize, man, I'm eating a lot of bread out here all the time. Um, so yeah, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, and then I think there is a, the feast of first fruits coming up. Uh, I'm not real clear on that. Uh, but I think there's three fall feast, three spring feast, and then four fall feasts, something like that. I think there's seven altogether. Um, but spring's coming. I got my garden is starting to go now. I got a lot of plants going inside, but it, the cold is really lingering, uh, so once it starts to warm up, really, I'm going to plant some stuff out in the garden, and I'm going to try to put that out. I'm going to try to get some videos out so you can see some of that stuff. Um, I have been listening to um, some new country. There's a guy that I found named—oh, I'm going to play this one, and then I'm going to end with a another one I found. This guy's called Jesse Daniel. I follow him on Facebook or on Instagram, and— we become friends on, on Instagram and then I, but I never really listened to his music. And so I, I started listening the other day and I was like, oh, this is great. So let's see, let me play a little bit of this song called Son of the San Lorenzo. Everyone's got their own story to sell There's truth and there's lies But it gets hard to tell Which one is which in the big magazines In the stories they feed us Through our glowing screens Started off in the redwoods and pines I was eating blackberries 
hangs right off of the vine But my wild blood, it took me so far away And I left simpler times in the past where they'd stay All right, so... So that's really great. I like that song a lot. And then, uh, so, uh, but all of that, that album is called uh, Rolling On. And then there's another one called Beyond These Walls. Both really great. I've been listening to that quite a bit. And then this is another, I never really listened to this guy. But I'm going to end on this song. Um, uh, Chet Akins. I never really listened to him. I heard about him for years and years and years. And this is called Country Gentleman, and I think it's all instrumental. And I'm just going to end on this. Thank you very much. We're having a good time.